a Highline podcast. We live in a complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies. Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. I am so not used to recording in the same room with you two. No, it's very strange. No, this is the first time. (laughs) But it's awesome. It it shouldn't be awkward, but it feels awkward. A series of firsts. There's just a lot of different looking. I got to look in different directions. Yeah, that's true. We've had a series of firsts lately. Alex Falcongrove coming on. Mm-hmm. I guess once and twice. Yep. We recorded with cameras last time, which mm-hmm. was wild. New. What sparked that? These guys had cameras and I wanted to see their beautiful faces. His setup was so wild. Like he was recording on this computer, but he had his Mac setup and he logged into a different Discord, got himself in on the server, and then just turned on the camera and shut the mic off. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds complicated. But then it was, it was, but it was effective. It worked okay. really well. <laughs> but then go. I kept trying to type stuff on my computer. Yeah. But my laptop was right in front of me, so I kept type trying to type oh, on my laptop. On the wrong keypad. And being like, why isn't anything turning up? Nothing's yeah. happening. That's the worst. Yeah, I'm an old man. We're re we're we're not even reunited. We're united at last. Yeah, united for the first time. So, <laughs> guys, hello. And welcome back to the Whiskey Bench. As you've heard, Cat, welcome back to the Whiskey Bench. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What am I saying? Cat, welcome back. It's been a minute. Like three weeks. I know. It's absurd. Yeah. I'm ready for the video game takes. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat for this one. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, well, all right. I might disappoint you. I don't have a ton of like hot video game takes. At least art. We kind of devolved in just like the nature of art. Mm. So I'm well, ready for it. But first. My friends. Oh, yeah. We're just speaking of works of art. Yes. For the first time, we're drinking all the three of us are drinking the same drink. You guys beat me to it. You and Alex made the same drinks. and I felt a little left out, but (laughs) I brought a bottle of Lagavulin and this is the special 11 year old Offerman special aged Mm. or finished in Guinness casks. This is what I drink every week or at least a version of what I drink Mm -hmm. every week. I know, Torna, I know you've taken this journey Ooh. before. Very excited for you to try it. So, <laughs> cheers, my friends. Cheers. Here's Lagavulin in 11, the Offerman Limited. Look each other in the eyes. It's beautiful. Bad. Oh, yes. Please. Wowzers. Wow. Don't. Oh, wow. That just keeps going. Right? <laughs> yeah, it Ooh. does. I love this Guinness finish. That's complex. It's oh, way, my goodness. The consistency feels thicker. Huge. Yes, it does. And stickier. Huge fan. Than the Log of the 16. What's the leg situation? I was legs. just going to say, look at the legs on that. Pretty good. Not Honestly, not as thick as a regular 16-year-old. I wonder if the age has something to do with it. Mm. Lagavulin Neat is my favorite beverage of this planet. Did I guys ever tell you? That was a sentence I tried. Um, 
Did I ever tell you guys that uh, my wife and I, we've been out of the country together once, and it was only to Victoria, Canada, so it's basically still Seattle, but <laughs> or at least Port Angeles. But uh, we, when we go to Europe, we're going to go to Scotland. And it, we got advice a while ago about vacations that like, when you go on a vacation, it should be one big thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just plan on relaxing and just enjoying your time. Because if you pack too many like oh, huge totally. things, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a lot less restful than it could be. Like when we went to DC, we went to like ten different museums in four days. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was really intense. It was really good, but it was intense. It's nice when you pick a place and you can just get to know that community. Oh like gosh. pick like a village in Scotland and like fucking get to know it. So you know? what we want to do is we want to um, go to the Isle of Islay. Like our main thing is we're gonna do a whiskey tour around Scotland. Mm-hmm. We're gonna spend some time on the Isle of Islay where this delicious nectar of the Lord is distilled. And then we're gonna finish the trip where we're gonna fly out and just spend a few days in Ed- Edinburgh and just mm. get to know Scottish city. Yeah. Ideal vacation. I'm very excited for it. <laughs> what time of year do you wanna go? What's like See, a good time of year? No, that's a good question. Uh, Dixie and I really like like our Pacific Northwest vibe. Yeah. You know, so like drizzly. We're really cool. into the drizzly, rainy, foggy. Yeah. So beautiful. But to be honest, I don't really know what time of year that is for Scotland. All the time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. I think that's about right. <laughs> it's probably a majority of the year. You'd probably pick any random month and you'd, you'd land on that right. potentially. Yeah. Northern Hemisphere, I suppose, so, yeah, maybe springtime, that would be kind of neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, avoid snow. Right? Yeah, we get enough snow. I've heard, yeah, I've heard British winters are just hell, so. Wet and cold. Mm-hmm. Right. Damp cold. But can you right. imagine, like, it's snowy outside, you're cozied up to a fire, and you have a dram of this whiskey? Mm-hmm. You can do that at your house. Yes, I can't do the fire at my house. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I mean, kind of. That's very fair. I'll give that to you. Mm. I do. The finish is different than the regular 16 year. It is. I'm a big fan of this. Really tasty. My only critique is that um, looking at it, there's a picture of uh, Offerman, and I just can't help but think how much better one of us would look. On this bottle. Could you imagine your beard gracing oh, the label of that imagine? bottle? Your face will be on our whiskey for oh, sure, yeah. right? Yeah. Beard? Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm looking forward it's to very vibey. growing out the mustache. I'm going to be working on getting my curl going again. Are you going to get the twist? I Are am. you going to keep the beard while you have the twist? Definitely. I'm not a, have you seen him without a beard? I have not. I've heard, oh, oh. but I have not. You've he, told me. All right. He didn't have a beard at my wedding. Yeah, clean shaven. And, I got a baby uh, face. <laughs> his head looks so much shorter. It's I kinda, really weird. I kind of got what I like. You know, I'm Italian. I got like the round Mario head. <laughs> I kind of have a, I have like an ugly fat face. Oh my God. But the beard, the beard. <laughs> it adds it, structure. It adds structure. And so, good Lord, <laughs> how I wish that I could rock a mustache. And I, I just can't. 
I end up looking like Mario. Well, the problem <laughs> is, Stephen, is that you've you've all trained us to visualize your jawline where your beard ends. Right. right. But we don't understand that like your actual jawline is like maybe an inch yeah. <laughs> underneath yeah. that. Six inches underneath that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm going to grow it out. I'll get a nice big curl going. Getting prepped for a Lagavulin uh, modeling here. There, there you go. go. With that, and you used to like have hair that you could pull into a bun, and that was a while ago. Those were the days, a long time ago. I, I saw some pictures the other. It was 2017. I was in Iceland, and I literally looked like an angry Viking. My mustache <laughs> was my beard. One was probably three times as long as it is now, and my mustache was crazy. It was so massive and curled, like and unkempt, it, crazy, or no, like okay, perfect. Perfect, crazy. But like the mustache was like way curled and it had been trained in that like it just started to grow. So I didn't even have to wax it anymore. It was just like naturally. Natural oils kept it. What's that famous photo of the, uh, is it the boxer? It's the guy that Art of Manliness uses as the cover art for his podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know that photo? Yeah. That photo has like a famous name. Yeah, it's like a New York boxer. You could book is over there somewhere, but you could totally pose and recreate that photo if you shaved and kept the mustache. Got some abs. The, keep the crazy mustache. <laughs> that guy doesn't even have abs; like he's just like a solid brick of muscle. Oh, though, right. Yeah. It's like nineteenth century fit, you exactly. know, where it's just like yeah, mostly he's like alcohol brick. bloat. <laughs> I mean, and like salt solidified in your gut. Maybe <laughs> with like maybe. a veneer of muscle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that still the age where it was like it was safer to drink wine and beer than it was like definitely water out in the American West for sure late 1800s yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I guess early that is Victoria exactly definitely the era it was like it, yeah it was safer to get a bottle of whiskey at a saloon than it was That's a glass it. They of started, water <laughs> they were they were drinking distilled drinks at that point right less wine and beer but uh, right just the hard stuff good work ah uh, the, the good old days when people just lived to be 30 <laughs> A good old deal, oh, right? Oh shit! I'd be at the end of my rope. Uh oh! <laughs> like, all right, got four more years. Have, like six kids. You're already. the elder of the village. <laughs> exactly. I feel like an old maid. Oh my god. Oh. Wild time. <laughs> I I've been reading um, hacking Darwin by Jamie Metzl. It's about genetic engineering. Mm. Literally, the chapter I read this morning was about how like our lifespan in the last hundred to two hundred years has dramatically thrown mm-hmm. us toward the like the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Whereas like you know, like 1700s, right? Like the founding fathers were like, "Whoa, you made it past 40? Crazy." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it was so impressive that uh was it Locke and then also uh Hobbes, Hobbes lived, lived to be like 90. As, right? Yeah. At in like in the in the 17th century so i mean people were living to be like 40s was right real good was old the 46 50 impressive yeah very impressive we got a good you know i always think about like oh you know what are the you know how old have grandparents lived and you know what are the chances that i could live this long right but i always have to remind myself like okay i've got some grandparents that lived to be like 90 and i think one of them was 95 and Mm -hmm. and some of them were in their 80s but it's like we also have Medical advancements. A ton We've got of them. Yeah. 40 yeah. to 50 more years of ad- advances. Yep. God willing yeah. that nothing, you know, no accidents happen. But like if we are living to our old age, like it's a lot of time for. Yeah. You know, 
Like, yeah, there's a good chance we're all going to live to be like a really happy, healthy hundred. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think if I can do that without too much like financial intervention, I'm into Mm, it. Yeah. But like my grandfather was this way and I really respected it about him. He like got to a point in his life where doctors wanted him to, you know, if he wanted to keep living, he could have spent countless dollars to have procedures and extend his life. And he just got to a point where he was like, I don't want my money to go towards that. I'd rather it go towards you guys. So I'm out. Whoa. And I kind of was like, and he, and you know, he didn't like, it wasn't as if it was like, we're pulling a plug on him. It was just, he basically said like, I'm just going to go naturally, peacefully and like, it's fine, you know? Mm. And I really respected that about him. That's impressive. And my grandmother, his wife, she misses him dearly and she like desperately wants that to happen. And she's just like. She's joking that she's going to start selling Alice's elixir because she just can't die. She just <laughs> she's <keeps cruising>. like, <laughs> There's no medical intervention. She's like, won't die. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. And that's so. the thing I'm reading in this book is this guy is talking about like some people just have the genes for it. Like it's a combination yeah. of lifestyle, obviously, and just something about their genetic makeup mm. gets us that way. And the more it happens in the age of like, uh, genetic sequencing and CRISPR now, the more we can piece together, like, okay, these things correlate to her making it to this age. And like, obviously they have to really think about the trials that they're doing on animals even. Yeah. Cause if you change one, it ripples through your entire genetic makeup. But he was talking about a, a gal in Italy. Um, on record, she's, she like lived to be the longest since we've been recording medical history. Wow. She lived to 122. Holy mm-hmm. moly. And she was like riding her bike a few miles a day around Italy um, into like her hundreds. Wow. And she only started slowing down after she like took a f- fall off her bike and like mm-hmm. broke a hip. But she was like, she was eating fucking like two pounds of chocolate a day and just like, <laughs> well, see, there's always, and that's where it's just jeans, right? There's always that there's guy the jeans, in Texas who's but, like, I smoke cigars and drink whiskey every but, day. And that's right. my secret. To but I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, other lifestyle factors though. Like I wonder how much the Mediterranean diet actually right. probably yeah. impacted it. Maybe. Obviously she's going crazy on cacao. Like yeah. <laughs> maybe that's doing something. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Low wow. stress. That's cool. Low stress. I got a joke for you. That's probably the biggest. You got a joke? Yeah, it's a biology joke. Oh, boy. (laughs) How do you tell if a chromosome is a boy or a girl? I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the answer? No. Because of Y chromosome? No. (laughs) Damn it. Oh, that's that's actually a good one. Thank you. That's a good one. That was good. Solve for X. Uh, Yeah. Uh, No. You unzip their jeans. I'm full of these. What? You unzip their jeans. No. <laughs> it was staring me in the face. Yes, it was. was. That's disappointing. I had okay. Yours was an intelligent on the on the quick answer. fire too. Yeah, yeah, yes. no, that, was good. Yeah, that was good. To be fair, I have been reading a book about it for the last right, week. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's top of mind. We're kind of getting into it. Adjust but. glasses. Yes, I am aware of X and Y chromosomes. <laughs> They exist. <laughs> it's not that deep of a poll, I suppose. But <laughs> just the fact that I was able to. No, answer. no, it's true. It's true. No, it's good. Kind of proud of myself. Cat, <laughs> welcome back to your own show. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be back. 
be back. We're in. Mm-hmm. We're in the Bozeman studio. All three of us. We just uh, ate some dinner. Beautiful dinner. Had some beers. Yep. Now we're having Lagavulin. Yep. And then we're Absolutely. gonna also probably have a cocktail or two or three. And well, oh boy, we'll make our way there. <laughs> the we're still young. on the runway. Yeah, that's true. That's it true. Feels like. <laughs> What was it like listening to your own show without you? What how did that feel? Well, I've done that before. When I, it was that's just fair. the two of when, you guys. When we do talk and shop. Yeah. But it's different when there's but it a was third a different, person. It was a like, different dynamic. Wow, it totally changes the dynamic. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. <laughs> pyramids? Alex, I like you, but uh Not for me. Pyramids. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. The pyramids. What did what did uh, what did uh, Alex call you in that last episode? Katrina. Kate, Katrina. Katrina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was when you corrected him, I was like, thank you. Jeez. Thank you. Katrina. No. He Catherine? had like a 50-50 shot based on seeing your name. Yeah, Kat, <laughs> Katrina. That that is a more natural fit than Catherine. Yeah. But whatever. We're into you, it. How do you how do you spell Catherine? You got a Y in there? No, fuck Ys. Okay. No C either. It's like Catherine the Great with a K. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Right? The, okay. the, the proper way, E-R-I-N-E. All right. Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just like the proper way to spell Steven is P-H-E-N. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the V. Get out of here, V. Get out of here, A. <laughs> I hate when I see P-H-A-N. Uh, well, that's Stefan. Stefan. That's why I get Stephane. really mad when people call me Stefan. Yeah. I'm like, dude. <laughs> no one's named Stephen. It's the 21st no century. Thank you. That's not a real name. That's a conspiracy theory. Right. <laughs> it was just Stephen's roaming around. Yeah. Right. Not Absolutely. True. So, Kat, do you play video games at all? No. Have you ever? Yes, one time. <gasps> what was it? What was the game? <laughs> it was the James Bond 007 game. Whatever that was. We talked about this at one. I what, bet it was what, Goldeneye. What console was this? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> no clue. Old no school. Idea. Do you remember Nintendo? the buttons? On I was the six years old. X triangle square circle or X. It was, a, it was definitely triangle square circle. I think that's PlayStation. I don't think James Bond was ever on PlayStation. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> that's true. It was on. I, I played only on, Nintendo. So it was on PlayStation. This is no, it was it on PlayStation, PlayStation. Two. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, all right. That's a thing that sounds familiar. Yeah. Cool. I played that once. One but time. like out real direction. And like I said, I was like six or seven. So it was just like. Okay. Stuff. I kept like getting stuck in corners, you know. I should have brought my Switch. We could play Mario Kart. That would have been fun. <laughs> All right. Well, one, at some point, I feel like we're going to have to turn on the TV and make you play a game of some sort. Okay. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Have you ever played Mario Kart drunk? No. Because I have. And I. <laughs> I don't like how good I am at drunk Mario Kart driving. <laughs> you're, just, you're a good drunk driver. I was still. Is that something to be proud of? <laughs> I don't think kind it of. is. Not to me. Oh. <laughs> it's a skill. Whether it's socially acceptable or not, it is a skill. Okay. It's better to be good at it than bad at it. Is it not? I can't argue I, with I that. I would rather <laughs> you abstain from learning if you're good or bad. Amen. But well, let's, we, let's we put have that to, out there on yeah. the show that yeah. features yeah. alcohol. And yeah, don't, no, no. Don't, don't drink and drive. Drink don't, don't ever drink and drive. At the end of every show, yes. yes. Literally. Yes, yes, yes. Call me. <laughs> if I will pick you up. Anybody out Anyone, there. Call, anywhere call in the country, me. call me. What's your phone number? <laughs> I'm going to dox myself right yeah, now. Yeah, don't do it. 
Do you guys have any good designated driver stories? Like when it's your turn to be DD? I've never been DD. You've never I been just, DD? I just end so. up going out a lot and then everyone drinks a bunch. And so then I feel like the responsible thing for me to do is not drink a bunch. And then I end up DD. You just become the de facto. Um, all right. I think you just oh. hold your liquor well. If I'm out, I mean, at Halloween, I was at home, so. No, I'm not talking about oh, Halloween. Oh, I was like, oh. I definitely wasn't able to drive No, then. I'm not talking about Halloween. I'm just saying, <laughs> not that you don't. Yeah. I feel like you can probably drink as much as I can drink, but you're still good to drive. Oh, maybe. But like, if we okay. go out, like. And I am not. Like, if we go out, like, I won't have more, and I know that I'm going to be driving, like, I won't have, like, more than two cocktails. Okay, so what about on the other side? Have you had, you're not the DD, but one of your friends comes in clutch. Any good stories on that side? I gotta say, I'm proud of my DD skills. Um, my wife went to a bachelorette party a couple of years ago, um, and I was the one who ended up picking up her, another girl, and the bride-to-be, right? Ah. Uh. And um, they had gone to like a martini bar first. Oh, yeah. Which, as far as a pregame goes, martini was. You're diving in. A bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, you should go to the Irish pub across the street and start with some cheap beers first. Yeah. But, well, maybe. I mean, they're enjoying the martini at least. Yeah. It's yeah. not just for the buzz. But um, then they went to a karaoke bar. And my wife almost got in a fight. Oh, no. <laughs> um, because the bride-to-be, she's, like, very short and petite and, like, a... What's the the average guy like at the crystal? Um, Describe this for me, Torna, because... I'm going to give you an example. Uh, the average you... guy at the crystal... Yeah, yeah. Is the kind of guy that walks up to you on the street and the first thing he asks you for is a joint and not a cigarette. But but he's also like drinking a white cloth. Absolutely, yes. 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 This is very Billings bar culture. Is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so imagine He's a hipster of Bozeman. What whatever you're yeah. mm, maybe I'd say. I'd say. Maybe a little more cowboy. Like Billings? dirty cowboys. Yeah. Wait, are we talking about the Crystal and no, Billings? No, no, no. Yeah. Crystal, yeah, the Crystal Lounge in Billings. Oh, I was thinking Bozeman. Bar. Okay. No, yeah. everyone at the Crystal and Bozeman is just delightful. So it's a full, it's, oh. a, it's like a, <laughs> okay. I don't want to say trashy, weird, but I like, honestly have never yeah, been fun. in the Crystal Lounge at, in Billings, oh, yeah. but like the neon signs outside uh, betray that it's kind of a yes. trashy karaoke bar. And their okay. slogan is, come get crystallized. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And their radio spots on Hot 1019. Um, anyway, so whatever guy you're picturing from what Torna just described, mm -hmm. that guy like full on shoulder checked the bride to be who is like less than five feet tall. And my wife just like <laughs> she had a few drinks and she was just like, dude, what the? And she oh, just like no. stomped up to him. <laughs> Yes, this is my wife. Yeah, she's very nice. much a uh, mama bear vibe. But her. nothing happened. They called me. I'm DD. I'm just hanging out at home, probably reading or whatever. <laughs> whatever I do, <laughs> whatever I do on the night that my wife is out at her bachelorette party. Yeah, and uh, I knew they were going pretty hard. So like, I come in 
with McDonald's cheeseburgers at like mm, 11 p.m. All right. Just like this alcohol soaking fat and calorie, like fat calories, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've never been more proud of myself. I was That's just a like, good, that was a good move. I, yeah. I am helping people out right now. Totally. Serving the community. <laughs> <laughs> that, that no is one's driving service. drunk. And their hangovers won't be nearly as bad. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so my only story of, of this is, well, I've got a, well, I don't live there anymore, but had some friends that lived really close to downtown. So it was always nice to just be able to go crash at their place. Mm. So that was a plus. But the one time that I was downtown with uh, Marshall and Cameron, shout out to Marshall. Today's his birthday. Marshall. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday Marshall. My dude. Um, I got to text that guy. We went downtown. Had a great time, and we were like, "Well, we can't drive home." It was the middle of the winter. We we're like, "Hmm, do we want to pay an Uber?" No, home's not that far away. So then we proceeded to walk, like in negative ten degrees, three miles home, and it was the coldest. Oh no! Longest, dude. Most fun. Thing you, that we've ever done. Okay, I'm so glad you said fun. But I was, looking back, I was like, we could have just like frozen to death. This was starting to sound like the beginning of that Jack London story we read in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it? To light a fire? Yes, to yeah. light a fire. The guy oh just God. freezes to death. We're down on uh, Babcock. Like, uh just, just let's just stop for a minute. Let's let's just sit down and take a little break. <laughs> what no this is how you die don't do that oh yeah, don't ever yeah. stop keep moving i had a friend i had a friend here in bozeman i used i used to have a lot more friends here in bozeman a lot of them have migrated back to billings mm-hmm. or other places but we went out one night and our friend justin like all he showed up to the bar with his longboard so he was the guy like in the <laughs> in our bar like just like carrying oh, God. longboard right or just like <laughs> leaving it in the booth yeah. or whatever and we ended the night we went over to uh pita pit grabbed some food at like 2 a.m because sure. naturally yeah that's and the only like, place that's open at that time unfortunately. yeah right? yeah it's right across perfect the position mm-hmm. yeah good call true. on their part right yeah no word yeah but so we went and got food and by that time i was like yeah i'm good to drive so i'm like justin can i take you home and he's like no i'll just longboard home and we were all like okay (laughs) (laughs) sounds good and then he calls us like an hour later he's like hey so like right in front of my my house i hit a crack and now i'm in the er oh no (laughs) and we were like Dude, like three of us offered you a ride. We tried to prevent it. It's this. hard to feel bad for you, right? Now. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Good times. <laughs> my goodness. Don't drink and bike. Don't drink and drive. Yeah. Right. Don't drink and scooter. Which mm. reminds me, but all of the people riding around Bozeman oh. rent those electric scooters and they're all drunk. And I'm Those like, you're gonna nightmare. have the bird somebody. scooters shown up here, or lime? Is yeah, it yeah. Or lime? I, forget, I don't know which one it is, but they're here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're terrible. They hit LA like four years ago, and that's all any podcaster from LA talked about for yeah a few months. And I was like, I have no every, idea what you're talking about. Every major city is just like littered with these stupid things. Yeah, it's terrible, right? Yeah, they're idiotic. They don't serve any like functional. No one's commuting. 
on these scooters. It's literally just drunk people playing on them and then leaving them in like really random places. But, and if you are <laughs> drunk, electric, driving them on anywhere, the so. sidewalk. Hey, yeah, well, they're being charged by a grid that's powered by fossil fuels and they're like, sub, you know, taxpayers are paying for drunk people to play on scooters. It's like completely stupid. <laughs> yeah. I've got a buddy that works at the station um, downtown off of Rouse, that fire station. Oh, yeah. And he said, They'll just be all the firefighters will just be sitting out in the front, just chilling. The, the amount of people that wreck right in front of there on scooters, <laughs> they're just laughing. I bet. So oh, good. Oh, God. I was going to say, like, you we don't have, even help them. Yeah. <laughs> you do yeah, have no, permission. You do have permission to drink and play Mario Kart if you want to. It's it's the safest way to test if you're a good drunk driver. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. There you go. I suppose. I like it. Hmm. How many times, Cat, last week did. You listened to the conversation with the two of us and Alex, and you were like, I want to say something so bad right now. <laughs> How often did Honestly, that Honestly, there was a fair amount where I was like, oh, I don't know what anybody's talking about. <laughs> I tried to put some some notes in there. Big that, daddies. Big daddies. Sweet gem berries. Yes. <laughs> I didn't look at the show notes, unfortunately. Oh, you should have. I should have. Yeah, we had all sorts of good links. My first, my first link mm, is uh, WTF is a big daddy. Yeah. And then the next one is what the WTF is a sweet Jim Berry, oh <laughs> which honestly I thought was a typo at first. <laughs> and then I was like, no, that's torn no, 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 it's <laughs> <that> <laughs> <tracks>. <laughs> no, it was, it was good. Uh, my only comments that I had really were from the very, for like from the beginning. Oh, mostly. I was proud of you for shooting the white claw. Oh, <laughs> oh! You were at one point were like, "Cat won't be proud of me for this." <laughs> I was like, "No, I am heading." My am. stomach was so unhappy with me. I'm for like sure that was a nightmare. Forty minutes. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I complete shock to the system. It's exactly how it goes down in that tech talk where the guy just like <laughs> runs into the garage door. I haven't seen it. Oh, this is this is classic TikTok at this point, but. Yeah, oh my gosh, it was so painful. And it was the new like blackberry flavor, which was now not my favorite. Yeah, now, now you hate it. <laughs> that makes sense. I won't do that again. I'd be interested to meet the White Claw rep that you Yeah. Made. He seemed oh. like such a bro. Very bro-y. I was at, uh, I was at Rocking R with Callie and Caleb. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, Rocking R. And we all had to choke. We playing pool. No, we're just they have straight, pool tables? straight chatting at Rock and R. Am I yeah. thinking of this? Yeah, no, they do. They have four right. tables back there. Yeah, they've right? got four back there. I think. Oh, that's uh, a vibe. That's like I've the only bar I go it. to for the pool. I wanted to go last night to go swing dancing because they do Wild the West scoop Wednesdays. Was the shit. But uh, yeah, the pool. Uh, scoop is a vibe. Molly's okay, but now. they're kind of like <sighs> the Molly just got lame. Like they wouldn't even let you stand and drink during COVID. Ugh. I've yeah. always been. I was told like literally to avoid... standing at my table, and they're like, "You have to sit to drink because of COVID." <laughs> and I never, I never went back. And I was like, like "Screw you guys! It doesn't make sense. any sense." Yeah, that's fair. And then they only had like two of the eight tables open because of COVID. Right. Like you've got a hundred people in here. You don't want people to play pool. Yeah. Screw you guys. <laughs> it's more yeah. social distance to go play pool than it is yeah! to sit here. <laughs> that's totally fair. That's completely fair. Like, I have no time for. T- Stupid reasoning. Completely yeah. arbitrary. Yes. <sighs> it's yeah. fine. Every time I've gone out in Bozeman, I the the cohort that I'm usually with, it always like is like side eyeing bar nine, like 
don't go in bar nine. I don't. We go to bar nine. Every time I go out, we end up going to bar nine. <laughs> and like, you got a group of people. It's fine. Fair enough. Have I been to bar nine? I don't know if you have. Thursday night's bucket night. What's bucket, bucket night? night? I don't you get think a I have giant, giant, like, pail of booze. Just any. All right. They make, like, I, like I don't it. know, like some sort of punch or something. Or, like, mm-hmm. giant gin and tonic that's, like, you know, 64 <laughs> ounces of gin and tonic for, like, 10 bucks. Hmm. You know what's a place I it's like that's good underrated? Or right or healthy. What's that? The Eagle. Oh, the Eagle's a vibe. I love the Eagle. All right, they have I wa- pool there. Guys, I want all of you listening to imagine, and uh, let me know if my description is correct, Kat. Hmm. Do you remember anyone that might have done Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or uh, maybe like 4-H when you like have it in the basement of an old church? Hmm. There's like plastic table set up and then like a random bar where like maybe you had a, a potluck dinner at some point. That's basically what the Eagle is. And they have like the but, Pinewood Derby track like tucked in the corner and yep, stuff. Yep, exactly. Yes. Plastic chairs, but there's also like a bar and they have beer and stuff. But like, <laughs> And there's always like four or five like old alcoholics that are just yep. there. And you know what's funny is I say, Great think about the basement of an old church. Wearing like American Legion hats. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> right. Yes, well, dude. that's kind of sacrilegious to be at the fraternity of eagles and wear an american legion hat. i guess, I guess yeah, they're F-O-E wearing fraternity and, of eagle yeah, hat no that's fair yeah, yeah. legion's but also a vibe it's a similar but stitch. <laughs> I, I mentioned basement of a church but the armenian church is upstairs that's oh. where the armenian yeah. church does their service i heard rumor is that like everyone gets beers in the morning and they go have <gasps> church and drink beer i want to go to that church that's great <laughs> sweet church that's also where uh i think it's the armenian the uh, Bridger Bowl holds their like annual Christmas party. Oh, I believe it. I think the church is like rents the upstairs. Yeah, yeah, right. Because like you yeah. go in the event, it's like Sunday church service, Monday Bridger Bowl party, Tuesday drag show. There's like yeah, Wednesday exactly. yeah. disco. There's always there's a there's a tsunami <laughs> tsunami funk happens like once a month, and right. I haven't gone to it yet. Like this is we a should go to that fun collective. That thing. sounds sweet. I love tsunami yeah. funk. Tsunami funk. Yeah. Sounds what? Just like live mid-week? funk music? I guess so. Dude, I know there's, Henning. There's local funk bands. In Henning, Henning can consume some funk. I know he can. You the, like funk, Henning? There are like three funk bands in Billings. <gasps> and I know the drummer for all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I love it. He used to be my drum teacher when I was in middle school. Oh, okay. Oh. Cool. He plays for all three of them. Sure. He's of course. The, he's the fucking funk drummer he's guy. He's the funk guy. Yeah, he's the funk guy. Absolutely. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that... I'm down for funk. I was in jazz band in college. Okay. When I was going to Rocky. That was... What was your instrument? Oh, drums. Drums. Okay. Yeah, he's a little drummer boy. <laughs> Thank you. The the last year I was in jazz band at Rocky, the bassist, Brandon Fox. He came back from studying abroad his junior year, came back for his senior year. Hands down the best bassist I've ever played with. And the guy like straight up could have been cast for Hagrid and Harry Potter. Like just this huge hulking dude with like really long, curly brown brown hair and a beard that was like twice as long as his hair. Dang. All right. <laughs> So good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I didn't know. It was I, so easy to play in the rhythm section with him. Like, 
neither of us could make a mistake when the other was playing. Mm. Felt so good. That's nice. God. Where is this guy now? Good question. I honestly, after I dropped out of college, I just like, lost touch with most everyone. Sure. But yeah. Hey, you know what I was thinking about the other day from Rocky and when we were talking about video games was, uh, oh, video game, uh, uh, the Rife, Jubal, uh, Jubal and Justin, Jubal and Justin Rife. Yep. I was wondering what Jubal was up to because he's the one that introduced me to Minecraft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what Jubal is up to. I feel like he's probably... Jubal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jubal. That Good is guy. his name. Okay. <laughs> he's a really cool guy. He is really yeah, cool. Yeah, he and I were in choir together. I feel everything. like he's doing well. Probably. Yeah. He was a brilliant... He was one of those, like, he definitely would not have been cool in high school. I mean, he was homeschooled, like I was. But all the way through high school, and, like, I don't know. He's He's one of those guys that give you the vibe of, like, not cool in high school, but all of a sudden became cool, cool like after you left school, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jubal. Very good. Mr. Jubal Rife. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, Jubal, reach out. Tweet at us. We used to, like, in middle school when I was still homeschooled, um, we would always go over to his house for New Year's, and we would play Super Smash Bros. Melee for eight hours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We we would specifically we would start at like seven thirty on the thirty first of December. We'd play until eleven thirty, then ring in the new year with fireworks, and then we'd go back and play until about four or five in the morning and pass out <laughs> yes. for a couple hours before my mom came and picked me up. <laughs> Fucking raging! Yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. You do whatever you can when you're a homeschool middle schooler that has never yeah. tasted alcohol. Sure. You know, it yeah, totally. becomes about Mountain Dew and Sour Patch Kids and Staying video, up video really games. Late. Yeah, totally. Oh, yes. Totally. Yeah, dude. There's a rush in that. I get it. For sure. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so you were proud of me for chugging a White Claw. Yes. And. Thank you. I'll take my bow now. I think you are both freaks for drinking room temperature water. What was wrong with you? Oh, that's. Gross. What? That's all cold. this is. Cold what? water. Cold water. Nothing else. That's insane. Cold water. Yeah. Unless I'm I putting heard... some liquid IV in my water, room temperature. Ugh. No. It might be a a a bunkable <laughs> hypothesis of science. I honestly have no idea. I heard an anecdote once basically saying like the closer to your body temperature the water is, the less yeah. energy your body has to spend to like hydrate that's true so especially when you're hiking if it's cold cold is satisfying but like yeah the warmer it is is actually well that's like in 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 chinese medicine eastern medicine the theory is if you're hot drink a hot beverage because your body won't have to work to cool it down yep or excuse me to to like warm it up if you have if you drink something that's really cold it's refreshing but your body is working yeah. to like get it Spending to your body temperature. Yeah, exactly. Osmosis. Yeah. Right. Less drinking cold water, more ice baths. Which, oh yeah. How's that for you? That makes sense. You Drop do ice dips? Core temperature cold day. showers? Yeah. That Anything makes sense. like that? Summertime, I take cold showers. I'm not anti cold showers. I like cold showers. I love That's just because when I mow the lawn, I have horrible allergy attacks and then they only reprise, 
I can find is. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I can imagine like a day on a job site, you get home, like a hot shower would ruin your day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you get clean and then freeze- you just stand in cold water. I don't take freezing cold showers by any means, but like definitely not hot. Cool when it's hot out feels yeah. good. Totally. Or that, oh, you, or you go on like a five day backpacking trip and you come home and the first shower you take is nice and cold. It's like, yeah, that does feel good. Uh, well, the best is when you get like down from a trail or you like reach the lake and you can pop your shoes off and your mm-hmm. feet are like steaming and you put in that icy cold glacier water and you're just like, yeah. oh, it feels so good. And yeah, then you wonder the if you're. You, and then you wonder if you will ever wear those socks again. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like these are completely ruined at this point. Yeah. I used to take like ice cold showers. I would get in and like do my cleaning business. And then like <laughs> right before I got, that was a weird way to say it, but whatever. Um, right before I got out, what I would do is I would crank it like all the way cold, like obviously facing the faucet. And it would just like your your body has that natural like <laughs> response, yeah. and I would I would stand in it in that orientation just long enough to like to settle my breathing back down to normal. Oh, that's an interesting exercise. And then I would turn around, get it on my back, and my body would immediately go back to breathing really heavy. So like every time I changed, my my breathing would go nuts again, and then just. It, it it literally just is a breathing exercise of like getting it back down to regular. Hmm. So I would hit my back and then I would go back. So it was like hitting like basically my brainstem, like the very top of my neck. Yeah. Which just inspires the same thing. And then you tip your scalp back in and it does the exact same thing. Like that successive feeling of just like I can conquer my breathing even when it's. That sounds like something the Marines would do. Like, like a training exercise. Yeah. Something Jocko would talk about it. <laughs> Seal training or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only the sad thing, not the sad thing, but like talking to my brother, he's like, yeah, you're out in the rainforest training and everyone says, hey, it's way too hot to be out here. He's like, and then, and then your sergeant is like, just keep marching. And then you're like, I'm going to pass out. And they're like, don't worry. Just you pass out, we'll revive you. Yeah. And then they would just make you hike until you passed out. We've done this Then before. you'd wake up in a nice bath. And yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's very I think like someone died when he was training. He was like in Japan. Whoa. And really? They, and they were like, we should probably not be doing this. And then one of the guys ended Don't up dying. Worry. Heat stroke. Yeah. Wow. It's, <laughs> it's very That's like wild. Mulan, like, Mr. I'll make a man yeah. out of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> very much that vibe of just like. The drill sergeant who's like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> We've had so many people in training. I've, yeah. I've watched so many people hey, faint. When, you, when you're in, uh, you know, Afghanistan and it's hotter than it is now. Freaking. 140 degrees in the sun. Lone survivor. What was that guy's name? Kyle oh, Luttrell. Oh. Patrick? Maybe. I don't know. It was adapted into a movie by Mark Wahlberg called Lone Survivor. But yeah. Which is like, actually a great movie. I liked it. Yeah. I, liked that I liked a lot. it a lot. Yeah. I think war movies have like. This is a wild tangent. By I know. The way. <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. United at last. No, we, do what we, do what we do what we want. No, here. I'm happy. I love it. War, war movies have a, a complicated place in my life. 
I mean, like we've talked about guns before and we've talked about basically my tenets of pacifism, mm-hmm. but I still think a well done war movie is worth watching. Mm-hmm. Like just for you just took a swig of whiskey and you are making a face that I cannot <laughs> handle right now, cat. <laughs> That hit pretty hard, huh? It's just intense. It's really intense. Every sip is like, wow. It's so good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, I think a, a good war movie can teach you about the nature of war without just glorifying mm-hmm. the violence and just glorifying oh, sure. like, the weapon porn yeah. angle. Like, Mark Wahlberg has made plenty of movies like that. What? Oh, what's the one? Shooter. When he goes and assassinates yeah. that senator and yep. he's just like, it's literally just a Warpath revenge movie. I can't watch that because my sister's ex was obsessed with that movie and watched it like a gajillion times. That's a, I'm sorry. He also like bought, it's probably illegal, like military fatigues, like actual military fatigues that my sister Whoa. found after he left and it was like. <laughs> Lightning go boom. Whoa, now that's thunder. some thunder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be back to our conversation. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. And thanks to Highline Media Network for having us as a founding podcast. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, No Normal People. If that works is dead. And you'll know them by their fruits. You'll know them by their fruits. Come on. (laughs) And none of this is to say that, like, I self-actualized and and I'm the only true... This isn't a no true Scotsman (laughs) fallacy. It's just like... This isn't me saying I'm in and anybody else is out. I'm just saying, like, I had a, I, I really internalized what I thought the teachings of Jesus were. And wow. reluctantly, uh, I, when they were forced upon me, chose to do it in a way that had an impact on my life. And now, back to our conversation. We got to continue real quick on the uh, war. Oh, yeah. Yeah. movie thing because there is a great mini documentary on YouTube that if you are interested in war films you should probably listen to it's from a YouTube channel called like stories of old and uh, this guy does a really cool little mini doc on basically why good war films are like anti-war that I guess that is, that yeah, is yeah. the best way to, of saying what I was trying to say right yeah. totally and yeah. like Lone Survivor, it shows you the moment where he's like, he's like basically like a refugee in the guy's house and he has like a broken leg and mm-hmm. the guy's taking care of him and like puts his family on the line for protecting this soldier that yeah. just happens to be in the middle of things. Like, that's great. I think I've, I've heard, um, interviews of like, oh my, <laughs> that was close. I want to watch <laughs> That was close. She is. Headphones off, just looking out the window. We need rain, guys. It's been so hot. Yeah. Yes. Open the windows to the semi-soundproof studio. I'm sorry. I just love stories. So good. I'm out of control with this recording. I apologize. 
Okay. That's all right. That's all right. We can edit. But like <laughs> listening to, no, that stays in. Or <laughs> listening to like World War II vets talk about how freaking real the opening seven minutes of Saving Private mm-hmm. Ryan was. Like, I, I love the fact. <sighs> there it goes again. <laughs> you, you're just like full on cheesing. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. The storm. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, the, the work put into a good war film to actually like by the end of it, it's not just glorifying mm-hmm. the violence or yeah. the war. It's yeah. like all about the cool weapons they have, but it's like, it's, it has a statement about war much beyond like, yeah, everyone should go enlist. And you, you know, know, people don't like all, you know, a lot of people like watch movies and they're like, I love war movies, but I don't like the gore and yada, yada, yada. Like save it private Ryan. I would say is, as close as we've seen, but I feel like Hollywood should make it more gruesome. Like, I think that a, a war movie should be almost, you should be almost unable to watch it. Because, yeah, I don't just I, how I don't think that's the wrong gruesome. I would, or I should say, I would not love because that makes me sound crazy. It no, w- but like, why are you holding your punches? I would, yeah. So, yeah, I would love to see something like that. Yeah. Where it really gets to, I mean, you could just watch real wood f- war footage, which I do plenty of, but. Um, Whoa. I haven't gone stuff. that far. It's wild. Yikers. I don't know. The way I look at it is like, war is hell. So, you should expose yourself to it. A really beautiful film that um, has actual footage, but is also like artful is uh they it's a documentary called they shall not grow old the world war World War one world war one yeah where they basically they were it's an incredible work of art but they took a bunch of old actual photographs and footage and like colorized it and restored the audio and it's just this incredible glimpse into mm-hmm. what it was really like and then they had interviews with the with the surviving soldiers and i mean it's the most like powerful thing i've probably totally. ever seen totally yeah and like there there's a couple i remember there was one scene in particular where or a bit of footage that was captured where uh there were german prisoners of war here comes the rain German prisoners of war in like the trenches of in the British trenches and mm-hmm. and there's this there's this uh like giant German I mean he was just like freakishly tall like probably like <laughs> six five or six six or something yeah and and at that point they were describing that like at that point it was towards the end of the war and like all these young men were just tired and nobody, there really wasn't that much like patriotism or like honor left in it. Like they were doing what they were enlisted to do. But as soon as they were captured, there was like a sense of relief for Mm -hmm. a lot of these guys. And so the Germans were like cooperating. Right. And so they're in the trenches and they're walking past and this whole thing caught on film. They're walking past this one British soldier and he like, and you hear him say like, get you next time stretch <laughs> and like it, and everyone's laughing and even the germans laughing and yeah. it was just this like really beautiful window into like the humanity of it all and oh, totally i don't i don't know i was very moved by that whole film yeah I, yeah I, I highly recommend it it's quite beautiful and i think a good like that film obviously did a fantastic job of depicting like sometimes a soldier is just 
mm-hmm. there to be a soldier. Like, yeah, it's a job, and that's what's it's a job. So like, crazy about the difference between World War One and World War Two is in World War One, they're like no one really was an enemy. Oh yeah, right. Like, well, there really, were so many sides and fronts, yeah, and so yeah. many like, and then yeah. different political motivations behind like right. and it was more political and like less it was less like there's an e- i mean the germans were still again striving for like dominance right like world dominance but they weren't it wasn't the same level of evil as like right communist and socialist regimes that like had this ideology they were right. following and like, so when right. you get into world war Two and you see yeah. germany and japan you get a lot more of a picture of like oh there's an actual like there's motivation behind who you're fighting. Right. Whereas right. World War One was a little bit more like, why is like just kinda happened, right? Yeah. Right. Um, you reminded me of do you do you know the story of Christmas Day, nineteen fourteen on the Western Front? When they had sort yeah. of the, the ceasefire. Literally for a like of an time, unofficial yeah. truce like ceasefire. Yeah. Like the jet generals on either side did not approve it, but like they got out of the trenches yeah. and like Played a game of soccer. Played soccer, shared meals, sang hymns from church together. Yeah. And like literally the next day they were back to shelling the fuck out of each other. Yeah. It was like, dang. And some this of this is insane. The stories of just how like how brutal it was, because it was really this like turning point in human history where we were leaving a century of of by our certainly by our modern standards, like really like crude, kind of primitive like living standards and technology but then we were on the cusp of developing this mm-hmm. technology that was totally powerful and like modern well going yeah. and going, the mix of the two is gnarly yes. right like going I, into world war one there were armies that still had uniforms from napoleon yep right the Aust- the austro-hungarian the Aust- empire was like fucked straight out of and 1800s napoleon is like arguably largely their fault <laughs> yeah. like yep. yeah yeah. And then you have the Germans that made all these crazy advancements. Yeah. And then then there's a picture that you should look up. It's the coolest picture ever. Yeah. And it is a I don't know which army it was. It might have been a German. Um he's got a modern unif modern in quote uniform, but like an old like metal helmet that you would see maybe like a Napoleon era. He's mm-hmm. on a horse. He's holding a spear, but he has a gas mask. Huh. Yeah, and you're just like, what is going on in yeah. this picture? What yeah, it's a weird convergence, this? right, yeah. of these different periods of time and of human history, and yeah. like, and it led to some pretty brutal results, right? Because oh, totally. There, you know, you're in, you're doing this trench warfare. That's like, that alone, living in those trenches is horrifying, right? Mm-hmm. Destroying right. landscapes were like, there were in that film, there were tales of of young men who literally like, like Brits who. They had these makeshift like pathways through the mud, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and this is like thick, sticky. And they mud. would just lay down like planks of wood, to yeah. hopefully keep them to afloat, be able to- right? Basically, and there were there literally were stories of men who like slipped and fell, mm-hmm. yeah. and they fell far enough out of reach that like no one could help them. Right. Yep, and it was either leave them or shoot your friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like gnarly stuff. Yeah. Or and you know then- you or like the shelling you get sh- you you know you get shot up and destroyed you know, Mm -hmm. by this like technology, but we don't have the medical equipment to like deal with it. Right. Right. So it just, I mean, really weird juxtaposition. Then yeah, also stories of people falling into craters and then getting stuck. And then before they can get rescued, a rainstorm comes in and fills all of the, all the holes and drown. And then 
one of the gnarliest. So after I watched that film, it set me off on this like World War One kick for a while. Yeah, man. And then I read. Um, oh, don't forget the name of it. Uh, a Mad Catastrophe, which is about World War One from the Austro-Hungarian oh. perspective. Oh, interesting. And that's like they really are largely to blame for the whole thing. Um, and we're a complete mess. And the Germans, they allied themselves with the Germans naturally. But like the Germans were basically like, God damn it. They're like a millstone around our neck because they were just like dysfunctional the entire time. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But towards the end of the war, thing. they and and the <laughs> Russians and the Serbians were so underfunded yeah. and like ill prepared that they literally had. Their soldiers, a lot of them didn't even have, especially the Russians and the Serbians, like didn't even have boots towards the end. No and they're, boots. They're fighting like winter. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I, in the mountains. But they also, they got to a point where all they had were paper socks. Right. That they were giving their soldiers. Yeah. That's and that, it. And it was already foreshadowing like Hitler's foibles of trying to attack yeah. Russia in Russian the winter. Russian World War II. Like, right. Yep. Like, right, right, right. Well, at yeah. the end of it's, World War One, when Russia was fighting on the front, they had one rifle per three men. Right, yeah. So they would, and they would group up in groups in group. of three in a group. And if whoever died first in your group, the next person would pick up the rifle. Yeah. You were basically assigned to the next guy yeah. that died, and you would just pick up the rifle and keep going. And the only reason why Jeez. the Russians were able to sustain that for so long is simply because of their population density. They had yeah, so right. many fucking soldiers that they could just expend. Mm-hmm. Like... Totally. They just kept, I mean, I forget now, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but in that book, it's staggering the number of casualties, hundreds of thousands in a month, right. but they just had more, you know? Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, think of like, I mean, generations during, of people just uh, destroyed. It's uh, I think wild. during Verdun, like the, it was pretty common that 70,000 people would die in a day, like I in bet. the worst of the fighting. That sounds about um, right. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I... Like, as a hypothetical, I wonder what the next, like, famously, the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand mm-hmm. was what, like, lit the fuse, right? Yeah. It's arguable that the fuse was lit, and that oh, was just, like, totally. and right. it was the just excuse, like, but yeah. Pe- right. Yeah. What's the next Ferdinand? I've always, like... <laughs> I think if there's another world war... It will be started by the Chinese Communist Party. Mm. I think that is it. And yeah, that's the menace of the world that is gearing up for the fight. Right. Yeah. Um, But even now, I mean, Russia is a problem. We didn't didn't just two days ago, Russia shoot warning shots at a U.S. ship like just two days ago. I feel like that happens regularly. This is pretty frequently. And then oh, China's obviously threatening stuff and gearing up. And China huh. was doing military. And again, this is something that actually happens yeah. kind of regularly now. But they were just recently doing military exercises like over Taiwan. Right. Right. Like basically like doing what they will do at some point yeah. <laughs> over Taiwan. Do you think a, like a specific person will be tied to like, quote unquote, the beginning of World War Three? Like we uh, have Ferdinand for World War One. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if anything think... was to happen, it would be, this is just speculation here, but it would be something like um, how whoever is leading China or North Korea right now, uh, if they were to, in quote, be assassinated, yeah, I think that there's enough ill will that they would be willing to frame the West for that right. or America for that. 
Do you it's, think there's I mean, North Korea at least? How quickly does thing do things go? Mm, like China would definitely help North Korea. Medium heat, well, yeah. hot war before nukes start flying, or does anything go hot war anymore? Do we go from I think it'll Cold go- War sanctions and <laughs> economic quote unquote weapons? Yeah. To or cyber attacks to like yeah. There's nuke flying now. There's Oops. a whole. I don't think an, I don't think anyone's gonna use nukes no. realistically. The other thing too is there's God, a whole layer. Not. Mutual I feel assured like that destruction, is still... right? I think that's still very a valid deterrent. I don't know, how but I think what would happen holds, is though. I think like cyber attacks could be set, like ramped up to the point where, you know, whether it's like an electromagnetic pulse weapon or it's just like something we saw with the the pipeline on the east coast, but yeah. like. I mean, you have enough of that where grids are knocked out. Yeah. I mean, that that could lead to complete chaos and death. I mean, that that's almost worse in Whoa. some ways than yeah. just bombs. Unless greater casualties. Unless it's like a a one two punch where like the cyber attack is what like destabilizes a missile enough for like a dirty detonation or mm-hmm. something like that. Like not even on your soil. Like we we didn't launch anything, but like Yeah. A talented team of coders did something. I don't know. Could be. I also feel like there's a whole level of self or uh, national defense that the public is not aware of. Sure. I'm pretty confident oh, that for there's sure. got to be some pretty good anti-nuclear. Israel's kind of got the, you know, they've got the Iron Dome, which is the most badass thing I've it's ever seen. pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, there's got to be other stuff like that. I think I could see like the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, they're already sort of. Why do you laugh when I say that? No, sorry. I'm making like, a distinction here. I, no, I, I appreciate that. I literally had a moment where like we were talking about Mario Kart, and then we started talking about war movies. <laughs> they're talking about <laughs> World Nuclear War Three. <laughs> you know, the whiskey bench. Yeah. Yeah, All the right. days work. Sorry. <laughs> It derailed you, but yes, communist. I could see, party. I could see the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, they already are right, like working on the side with the Russians and with Iran, and I could see them like, and they're all conducting cyber attacks against the West, right? So I could see like the U.S. getting destabilized with the cyber attack that's big enough that it like throws us off for a while, yeah, to distract while grid vulnerability, China. Certainly- yeah, it's a very real threat, right? Yeah. And but I could see that being used as a distraction to just kind of like keep America occupied while they fully invade Taiwan. Taiwan. And South other Korea islands in the South in China Sea mm-hmm. and like just like do all the things they're kind of doing on the fringe but full bore, you know? Sure. And like mm-hmm. the Russians provide cover and they transfer money to Russia and like I could see that kind of thing happening, but as soon but then the bear is poked, right? And then the U.S. will have to retaliate. Which is the Ferdinand but, moment. It's like it's the poking the bear thing yeah, that I'm always the, curious about. The thing that's scary, though, is that if you look at defense spending and you look at like actual military capability of like what's in our arsenal in terms of like ships and things like that, which I'm not an expert on by any means, but I know enough to know that like we are way behind the eight ball, and China mm-hmm. in particular and Russia are investing a ton of resources into building up their militaries. And right now, like, China's on pace to have more, like, strategic mm-hmm. 
ships than we have. Yes. This is something I want to I want to make a, a clear point here because there are a lot of people that hate military spending in the United States. And I can understand the disdain for military spending waste. I would encourage people to seriously consider what it means to not have a bolstered military in the United States. And and by this I mean specifically there are a lot of nations around the world that would gladly destroy the United States and would want to see every person in the United States, man, woman, or child destroyed. There are bad players like that. And that's just the unfortunate reality. And not that all the people in those nations are that way, but the governments are that way. Right. That's the distinction. And yeah, that's, you can't. And that's why she always says Chinese communist. Communist party. That is why. Yeah. <laughs> because like the Chinese citizen. Right. No, they're under the thumb of the yes. goddamn is regime. Vastly yeah. different. Right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. But and, like, I mean, <laughs> Henning, you said that you just finished listening to the uh, Armageddon in the, the East. Supernova or Supernova in the East. In the East. Dan Carlin. Yeah. But if you look at like what North Korea is doing, maybe China, Russia, like what anti-America or any country propaganda can do to a people is scary what they can be convinced to do to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that's my warning of that is like I can understand why it's frustrating people like we spend so much on military and we shouldn't be doing this and I'm more on like wow we should really be spending more on our military and making sure that do you want higher taxes to do that then? Uh, I don't think we need higher taxes to do that. I'd rather cut spending elsewhere. Yeah. This is Fair the enough. one area where I Fair enough. diverge from yeah. libertarians. Yeah. yeah. And I was, and I, and this is kind of digressing into the other topic we wanted to discuss, but like. Teaser for yeah, next yeah. For the next episode. Yeah. But I, I just have a hard time not accepting the reality of the current world's dynamics. Yeah, and I just, right. I don't, I think it's kind of, it's fanciful to think that we can be isolationists that kind of spread goodwill. Like full on like Tulsi Gabbard style isolation or. Well, like the idea that, and like, I mean, I'm a free trader and I think it's certainly broad stroke trends. Yeah, of course, lifts people out of poverty and makes both people involved in the trade better off. Right. And it, it does provide an incentive for cooperation. Sure. But it's hard to ensure that people actually follow the rules of the game so that it's fair. And there are, as Torna just expressed, legitimately bad actors in the world that mm-hmm. like don't care. Right. And, and the thing is like, and we, we it's talked naive about to not acknowledge. Yeah, that. And we talked about morality of man and everything like that. So we don't want to get into this, but like, I don't think people realize how bad the bad actors are. Yeah. We're so removed from it. That's part of the problem too, I think, yeah, with just our, it's true. our culture today. Like we're so privileged. Yeah. And we're so removed from any real suffering. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. We even, get we get to have our hot takes about military spending when we're like drinking Mountain Dew and playing Mount- <laughs> Mario Kart or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. you exactly. Know? exactly. Exactly. And and so, you know, even the poorest among us, it's like certainly you can have it rough in the United States, but like you're not, you know, like a Kurd who's constantly like under assault and trying to right. protect 
like literally fighting for your life regularly mm-hmm. from like hostile regimes that you're surrounded by, Defending right? Defending your family. Like, yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's a different, we're so removed from that. And that is a reality for so much of the world, but um, it is easy to sort of be naive in yeah. the United States and think that we can have this kind of, I don't know, like utopian vision of the world, but that isn't yeah. the reality. Yeah. So what do we think? So like we we've talked in the past about like, irresponsible and just uh poor spending programs on like public housing or something Mm -hmm. like that like the government is so inefficient at doing this shit is it possible that they are also inefficient at running a military and like is is like a private military or a private police force something that a libertarian should like really research yes so police and fire i think is a great great thing um military police and fire uh, or private private okay and I, I can i don't have any issue with her being public sure but i think that it would be very interesting to have private um, oh yeah police and fire totally military again is a little bit of a confusing or difficult topic because right? we already have like military contractors right exactly the majority of the military but they're not look- killing right like they're just helping with like building facilities do i have that as far as i understand it like some stories i've heard like jason stevenson used to work for private military contract and they're kind of used private contractors are sometimes more used to do the dirtiest work oh kind of like mercenaries because you can't trace it back to like a general who gave the order basically he said like let the contractor take care of it. And it's more like, ah. hey, there's this thing. And just so you know, in this area, there's this bad warlord guy that's kind of like, I'm just making up a scenario, but like, yeah, totally. that's like causing a lot of problems. Like, we really can't do anything about that. But like, here's this contract for multi million dollars. You go ahead and take care of it. I see. Link. And almost the literal, like, ends justify the means as long as this guy ends up dead or like you take right. care of the problem we want solved. We don't care what you do. Right. How do you get into that line of work? Usually ex-military. Ex-military. Yep. Special oh, forces. Okay. Yeah. That's why those guys make like 750, 800 a year yeah. contracting out. Not a full year, like for a few months deployment. Right. They make well, big it's bucks. probably gnarly couple months. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yes. Which is kind of the basis huh. of, oh, 13 hours. Mm. John Krasinski. It was yep. the Benghazi yep. shit. That was another good movie. It was a good movie. I enjoyed that. Those were were contractors who were basically there like because they were literally hired guns. Yeah. Ah, right. That we then abandoned. Can be security detail, things like that. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing too is like you can throw them into the, the, do the dirty work that you don't want to do, but also you can like wipe your hands and be like, we never had any association with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you can throw them under the bus if you need to. It's weird. So unless the majority of like, American military goes private. Like, mm-hmm. is there a way to get out of like now five branches of government run from the Pentagon? Right. I mean, realistically, that's such a deeply entrenched bureaucracy. No. Right. But, but I like the idea like of anything, the experiment. We, we know yeah. that it can be really inefficient. On our libertarian island, of course, we'll have a, we'll have yes. a private military. military. Yes. A private navy. We, we, okay, we're, we're kind of all over the place. But we had joked when we were talking about guns, and you're like, do you think that people should be able to own like a F 15? Right. And you and I were like, hell yeah, they should be able to own an F 15. There's memes going around now after Biden was talking about how, oh, yeah. like, he's like, well, you're talking about the private military and like, well, the civilians would have to have nukes if they wanted to deal with the government. And now all the memes are like, 
every libertarian trying to buy an F-15 and like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like pro second amendment people trying to buy an F-15 because Biden said he would use nukes on the American citizens. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was another quote unquote gaffe. Jeez Louise. He called the ATF the AFT again. Did <laughs> he? I just can't handle. Him. Is this really like our choice? We either have like sad exclamation mark tweet or like a drooling old fool who like <laughs> can barely pay attention to his talking know. points. Maybe. I mean, this is what's what the, America has to offer. Yeah. It's pathetic. I mean, what's the chance that there's like a full throated, like flat earther in the next <laughs> in 2022? Seems like high man. Doesn't <laughs> it? Hey dude, how's your policy? Good. All right. Just don't run the space program. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet recently that was literally like a guy trying to build his own rocket because he wanted to the tweet read I am one day going to go into orbit to prove that the earth is flat <laughs> please god bless dude, that's awesome. there. please orbit our completely flat planet <laughs> go for it dude <laughs> what would like the what would the math be on like that rocket trajectory um, on a flat. Uh, that seems man. complicated. I'm literally picturing just the house from up. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy just straps fireworks to a lawn chair or whatever. <laughs> he's he's like, like, I'm going yeah. to orbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope that happens. God bless him. Okay, but maybe like maybe SpaceX, maybe Blue Origin. Yes, subsidized, especially at the beginning. But like. Maybe they're good examples of like we're headed toward private space. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. we see private military in a couple decades. Yeah, totally. Maybe Elon Musk can run the Marines better. I don't know. You know, though, I just see. I think. I think those are two very different bureaucracies, though. Right? Like NASA was kind of like or something. Yeah, and NASA was already sort of like it was on the decline, and like that's why there was a market for private space. Yeah. And okay. the military has such a stranglehold. And even though like defense spending is Biden's like technically, if you consider inflation, like his proposed budget would cut defense spending. Mm-hmm. They still have a ton of money and it's a bigger apparatus. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a lot harder. I think it'd be an easier argument to make that like private, a private military, you could equate that to like an attempted coup. Right. Right. Like I could oh, see geez. that being squashed yeah, a hell of, of a lot faster and more legitimately than like some billionaire who's like, I'm going to build a rocket. You know, like that's not quite the same. I'm perceived right. threat. Marines. Marines. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> that goes over well. Yes, just, please do that. I just don't see the marketing on that's hard. Right. 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 <laughs> and that then ties into a later conversation we'll have to have on uh, what is it? Volun- voluntary voluntarism. How so? Just the idea of what it is to like participate in a community and oh, like a lot of people that are proponents of voluntarism, basically like you shouldn't have to pay taxes and you shouldn't have to register your car and like all these different things. And then like there shouldn't be any social programs and it should all be through charity. It's very cool and interesting. Hmm. I'm into it. Interesting. Some really neat stuff. I've seen some. Uh, this, I'm I'm all for registering cars and driver's licenses, though. Yeah, I don't understand the registering cars. Why? Hmm. 
I honestly haven't done a ton of thinking about it. I guess it was just one of one of those. I'm like, yeah, that seems fine. I what I'm annoyed by what you I am bought a car, by, you yeah. paid taxes on it, and then every year you have to pay money to register your vehicle. Yeah. Why? It's a damn good question. Checkmate already. <laughs> <laughs> Two moves. Also, uh, yeah, there's a dude that I just watched a video on, and he like calls himself a American national who's traveling. He doesn't have a driver's license, and he doesn't register his vehicle. And there's like some weird law loophole where he gets pulled over all the time, and he just like hands him a piece of paper, and he's like, "Well, I'm exercising this law of 1890." And then like every oh video gosh. he makes, the police officers are like, "Yeah, I'm aware of that." They're like, okay, that's cool. Just so you know, like, you're just going to keep getting pulled over. He's like, that's fine. Right. Like, all right, have a good day. A mild inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> He'll save, like, a couple grand over his lifetime not <laughs> registering right. his car. I They're do think, 10 grand okay, so, like, as far as, man, we are all over the map for this one. This is fun. As far as registering vehicles, like, like a for a contribution to infrastructure, what do you like, you already get taxed. Well, yeah, you already get taxed, but that's like that's going to the military and that's going to a bunch of other spending programs. So like contributing to well, I guess of course I would prefer like maybe we just pay tolls or something. I think like, if you user, want to pay for the road fees, that you use. User fees I think are a brilliant market solution yeah. Yeah. to problems like that. But we don't have that. And I guess like I've always understood basically vehicle registration is that. So but that that's even a thin argument already. Yeah. I gotta tell you guys, since the beginning of the whiskey bench, I feel like I've gone from I don't give a shit about politics to maybe I'm more left than I think to like, oh no, I'm not that far left. And now I'm just like <laughs> I feel like almost completely politically politically agnostic. destitute. I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't belong anywhere. That's I don't how even, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Polit- it's very political weird. destitution. Yeah, there's a bumper sticker. Yeah, I mean, you heard <laughs> me argue myself into basically user tolls <laughs> just now. <laughs> I'm like, I start with an idea. I'm like, I've heard people talk about this, and then I'm like, no, wait, but then that doesn't quite track. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But shouldn't consumers, like, if you're consuming a good, like, driving on a road day after day, why not contribute directly to it? I'd rather do that than get taxed and have that money dispersed into infinite bureaucracies and then redistributed in a completely inefficient way. Which is kind of the flip that I feel like I've said from episode one is, like, municipalities, localities first, then state. Then yeah. federal cares. Yeah. Keep it local. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Also, just for example, I live in a community. This is just, you know, and uh, our little community or say, let's talk about like my street right here mm-hmm. in between like Ferguson and then whatever the next main street is. Holland. Or 19th, like the oh, main, right. main, <laughs> main intersections. There's. <laughs> I only know that because yeah. every time I see Holland, I'm like. I have uh, to turn. turn. <laughs> Next one. Um, you know, there's maybe two miles of road. Yeah. I yeah. guarantee when they redid this last year, the cost of doing that three miles of road oh, yeah. was egregious. Right. Yeah, probably. Whereas if everyone was like, Steven, you're the appointed contractor dude for your little district. 
I could go find someone and hire them to build this road for, I can't even imagine how much cheaper. Because when you look at like contracting and then all of the stupid, useless government people that are in the city. In the middle of it all. In the middle that have to get them signed up to do it. And then like all the regulation of like you have to pay every person, even like the sign holders, $50 an hour if it's a government contract. Right. Which is And health benefits. And And all of this random stuff like, like just burn my money. Right. Yeah. And this is why, like, with military spending like that, like, and pe- we don't need more taxes. Yeah. There is so much money. There's already a glut somewhere. Well, okay, so, like, as for, like, for yeah. infrastructure goes, like, how much would it take for every homeowner in Laurel to contribute to a fund for the city to go fix every pothole in the city instead of waiting for, like, the next, like, Biden hard infrastructure I bet like, it would package. be a couple hundred dollars. Per pothole, per hole to fix, and then if they probably have like a you know, like a bundle price, like right. buy ten potholes get one free. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I feel like they could be like, hey everyone, like you just pitch in a buck and right. you'll have beautiful roads. <laughs> buy a hundred pounds of mortar, get ten free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean maybe, but yeah, no, that's a good that's a good example. Too like I I remember the the, the thing roads is, is my like, old house yeah. got paved in two thousand nine after Buffalo the big jump after or the, Buffalo. that Obama package passed and they started putting all those signs up. Oh yeah, you know those signs. What did those signs say? The four again? quadrants. I don't. There even was know. some kind of catchy. Yeah, there was a big oh, sexy name for it. Like yeah, yes we can. Si no, se that puede. Was his, that was his no, that slogan. Was his but Let's yeah, see. they put those up. I'm like, okay, cool. We have a paved road. Mm-hmm. But but even then, like enough people that use the road every day weren't complaining enough to actually go and see if they could organize to pay mm-hmm. for it. I'm completely <laughs> flipped on vehicle registration now. I just Googled Obama infrastructure slogan and I got, you didn't build that. <laughs> Which is kind of That's funny. That's the top Google result? That was the top Google result. Yes. All right, all right. You didn't uh, build that. Look at okay, so funny. okay, the the thing with vehicle registration <laughs> mm-hmm. that did make me angry when we were studying for, uh, when I was studying for renewable energies when we did that episode, mm. was how registering an EV costs like five hundred dollars more a year because you're not paying toward the infrastructure on the taxes that you pay every time you fill up your car with yeah, gas. Yeah, you're not paying a gas tax. Oh my god, Well, there's so new, stupid. there's yeah. There's a debate in Congress and I don't know where this is going because I think it was a part of the, the infrastructure negotiation, which mm-hmm. it sounds like they've reached some sort of an agreement, but it's I don't know if it'll actually go anywhere. Consensus, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was talk of like implementing a new tax on EVs yep. to accommodate the fact the yeah that tax. they don't pay the gas tax and in my mind i tweeted about this i was like the fact that like we are going to subsidize the purchase mm-hmm. of evs with federal tax credits and then tax the but use of that the subsidized thing the you know and it's it's like what like <laughs> so which we're incentive subsidize- do you want to pick dude? exactly <laughs> but it's but like what a waste of resources right yeah. i mean it's insane obviously the grid is on a fossil fuel grid like you've mentioned before but yeah. like as an individual, you're buying an EV and you're kind of saying, like, I'm not participating in the consumption of gasoline for motor vehicles. You're now then being forced to participate by paying that tax. 
Like you should be able to just say, okay, I pay taxes that go into other stuff, but like yeah. the actual gas tax, I'm, I refuse to participate in that. Yeah. And that should be something you're allowed to do. But even then the same people buying it might just have made a calculation that they would rather spend more money on the registration than like keep their carbon footprint higher, you know, like, yeah. Maybe that's an actual trade-off. I have a feeling that a lot of people that buy EVs show up to get their car registered, and they're like, uh... What? Wait, what do you mean it's $900 for me to register my vehicle? Dude, Elon just took 50 grand from me for this car. (laughs) You want how much to register it? Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, so if you get a $7,500 tax credit, and then your registration is... $500. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's just... When you think about the amount of money... That is just sloshed around our economy by the government, like just misallocating resources. It's quite astounding. That's why I tweeted that thing I, earlier about the gray hair research. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2020, yep. there was a $36 million grant that went towards researching why hair or goes what gray causes hair stress. to turn gray under stress. <laughs> and it was part of Rand Paul's 2020 Festivus spending def- waste he puts out every year. Rand oh, Paul, oh, he uh, noted that. Yes, that was okay. one of them. He didn't no, authorize No, 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 no. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> and voted Rand for. Paul voted for. He's like, you want to know why hair's gray? Hair's gray because you guys, yeah. you're making my hair gray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, he highlighted just a few things and it was $55 billion worth of right. just waste. Yeah, it's insane. You know, you're like, you want to tax me more? But I know you're just like, Stripper money, just throwing out <laughs> money everywhere. I kind of said it about art mm-hmm. last week with Alex. Like, we very much just went down, like, the value of art is subjective. Yeah. Which we could totally revisit because, like, what we failed to do is distinguish between the result that we call art yeah. and the craft that gets you there, which I think is basically the crux of your argument. Like, oh, even there with is the, a very important even, distinction. Yeah, that, even with yeah. the painter, I was... Yeah saying like i don't like this guy's painting but like and you were highlighting but he has a talent in the craft if, even if you don't like the result yeah fun stuff but like i made a joke like nothing is real just move on banana on wall mm-hmm. string on ceiling i'm feeling that way about money <laughs> right now and it's just which is such a shame but we've been pushed to that point right yeah you hear like six trillion dollars enough you just what does it even mean Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that 16. million, billion, trillion all rhyme, even. Right. right. And then you look at relief spending this year, which we talked a little bit before, but it's like these $2 trillion packages, it's like the amount of money that was actually used to like help people were, was just pennies. Well, it was a fraction, especially of, of Biden's $1.9 trillion, literally a fraction of that went to actual direct COVID relief like things yeah. that could be tied directly to covid right and, I just and you look at the public schools yeah and how many hundreds of billions of dollars they've gotten over from the packages trump signed the packages the package biden signed and then you look at like what he's trying to do with the infrastructure plan it's astounding how much money they've gotten and i don't know i mean it's people just don't know or they just don't care and that's why they're like we need to fund schools more <laughs> yeah, that know, is not the problem it's like i can trust trust me that is yeah not the problem but it's sad because you have teachers that are like i have to buy art supplies out of my own yeah measly paycheck i think the problem with public <laughs> schools is the same problem with any part of government there's there's a 
there's an incredible amount of waste yeah. in the administration of it all. Yeah. Because it's a bureaucracy. Yeah. I mean, how many college administrators have you dealt with that are 100% useless? A ton in yeah. my experience and yeah. my friends' experiences. I've never, I've never come across someone who isn't a professor that works at a university that mm. is like not kind of useless and in the way. Truly. I've, I mean, I apologize if I'm insulting someone, but like. No, no, that's fair enough. It's kind and of the I don't case. remember enough about college. I had but also, also, we went to a private college for undergrad. And there so were some, been a little different. some really Maybe. great. But MSU, this was a problem. There's some, in quote, great professors. But like, they go to the school because they get a lot of research money. And all they want to do is research. Right. Mm. And so and they kind of half-ass their job teaching. Yeah. Wow. So they can get all this state money to do their little fun science experiments. Right, 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 right. Which sounds really insulting, but but just I'm like you're degree, a, that's kind of accurate. You're a professor yeah. first, right? Don't neglect your students. Well, sure. There's a ton of professors at Ivy League universities that are like they get their tenure and then they're just focused on like writing their books and well, getting and a, and their it, speaking engagements. And it's yeah, true. And a tenured professor not a at a lot of universities actually make a lot of money. They do, especially yeah. considering. They're not working all year. Right. And it's sad when you see courses that are basically taught by TAs. Oh, yeah. That is all very the common. Time. Yeah, that is you very common. you got some common. poor TA that's getting 10 bucks an hour. Unpaid intern. Yeah. <laughs> Teaching a course. Yeah. And you're like, why am I paying for this? Right. I well, can get this on yeah. YouTube. But so the administrative fees, like that is where your tuition gets completely inflated. Yeah. Right. right? Like cut that shit out. Oh, yeah. And see how much more affordable education could be. Same with healthcare. Same yeah. with the military. Same with any level of government programs. Mm -hmm. Money's fake. Nothing's real. And part of the problem is just like you don't let. They don't I hate that I keep ending whiskey stuff. bitch on that yeah. note, but that's just. <laughs> Nothing's real. We should do an entire fake. episode on the history of the Fed because. Like, <gasps> That'd be fascinating. Yeah. I. Fed coin. Right. Okay, guys. If your government uh, is trying to put out a uh, a cryptocurrency that they want everyone to use, run. Yeah, it's no longer a cryptocurrency. Like, like the CCP is working yep. on. Yep. Right. Well, and literally, the but, the uh, Fed but, has said that they want to create a Fed coin. Right. Janet Yellen has talked about that. Yeah. Which was like the most like boomery thing you could have ever it heard just, someone say. Oh, totally. <laughs> the Fed. Like you listen to a, any convincing podcast about the Fed and you're just like, this is the biggest cabal of criminals in the world. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> totally. There's there's a book I haven't I haven't read yet. This is why you're not as left as maybe you think you why are. Why the hell do we call it the Fed when it's not even tied to the government? No. It's just like Right, it's supposed to be this it's independent just like a body. network of banks. Right, that are that do the bidding. I mean, you look at like what they're doing right now by like continuing to pump money into the economy. It's with their asset purchases. It's so reckless and completely un like it is not warranted at all with the state of the economy right, right. now. No, but certain people are getting wealthy. Yeah, because of and it. And if anything, right? if anything it's bad happens, the stock market, and some people are going to totally cash out. Yeah. Well, then, if anything bad happens, guess who's not going to be in trouble? Right. 
Well, because they'll have made their money. Yeah, exactly. I had a very wise econ professor who predicted that the United States will just default on its debt. And that is the only option. Mm -hmm. And I think that that will. And Janet Yellen the other day was like, like our biggest debtor. Is China. I know. I know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we are setting ourselves up for total ruin. Right. It's actually quite scary. Right. And I think we've been so comfortable with being like the leader of the world for yeah. a long time, which frankly we have been. You get lazy when you're on top. Completely. It's, but and when you really Olympians think of the talk history. About that. Like if you got the gold last year, yeah. it's so likely that you're not going to get the gold this year. Yeah. Unless you train harder than you did. Right. Right. Like, right. Well, and you look at the history of the world. I mean, how how old is America? It's a rise and fall. 300, 350. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And right. we've only been really a world power for the last, what, 150 years? Less? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, cer- certainly World War II years? was like the slingshot. Yeah. And we were, and we were like serious players at the turn of the 20th century. We were. But certainly yeah. World War but II was like, yo, really we're in charge. True. But like, whatever. honestly, not until after World War II. Yeah. Were we really or, like a powerhouse yes. that was like defending the free world? Yes. For sure. That is not a very long period of time. No. Right. And I mean, yeah. So the idea that we can just be kind of sit back and relax and assume that this is the status quo and it will always be that way, I think is incredibly naive. Mm -hmm. And we could very easily like no longer be the leader of the free world. And there and there could be like not a free world. You know, I mean, the Chinese Communist Party strategy of like basically indebting the free world to them and creating incentives that are like really hard to ignore. It's a really good strategy. It's smart. Mm-hmm. And it's powerful and it's working, which is what's the scariest part of it all. You know, I mean, no one wants to stand up. For and that. even, I mean, like World War II and Russia, like they could just keep throwing bodies at the right. problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Did exactly. you see that China is letting parents have three kids now instead yeah. of just one? Mm. Well, yeah. So they do. I mean, they still do. Have, still do have such a like massive population right but they've relaxed that one i mean they relaxed the one child policy to two and now they're relaxing it to three yeah because their population is aging and they're like oh fuck uh everyone be a problem and as i said from the book i'm reading like our life expectancies are getting a lot longer right yeah and like in geriatric phases like you said with your grandfather like it's expensive as hell to keep old people alive yeah totally uh no this is everyone needs to read this book that i have over there called the accidental superpower all about geopolitics i talk about all the time because it will I should have gone to school for geopolitics because the world makes more sense as you start to understand it. Like, I've said this before, like, everything that's happened in human history and American history and all of the good and all of the bad and, like, everything makes sense when you understand geopolitics. And he talks about China. And this book's, like, 2011. Mm. And he's talking about the issue with, oh, no, I'm incorrect on that. I think it's 2016. Um, He's talking about the population issue in China. And he said they're so far behind that it might take upwards of 80 years just to correct before mm-hmm. their population is growing. And so that's something they have to seriously consider. Well, and, and the whole Western world is under that trend, too, which is also a problem. Right. Our population is aging. We're not reproducing at a rate. There's to some cool grass it. in there, though. There's some. America's pretty good, actually. Surprisingly, in comparison. 
Japan's not doing great. China's <laughs> not doing great. All of Europe is doing really poorly. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. It's the, like the U.S. is horny as hell, though. So. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, there's like talk of trying to create government incentives to get more people to have kids, which like most libertarians are like, fuck off. But <laughs> but like we we also maybe not at the same scale, but like we are kind of facing the same challenge. Like we're social. I mean, Social Security is already everyone knows on its way to being completely insolvent, like really soon too, like 2025, I think we're going to watch like, it happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, though, like what a stupid, like seriously, like why is the government meddling in that part of your life? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, to, if it had been like yeah. a private savings account set up. Yeah. I mean, I'm a libertarian. Like I'd rather just have people make your own decisions. And if you make bad decisions, that's on you. But like if the government was going to be involved in helping set people up for retirement, have it be a personal savings account that maybe you can't touch until you hit a certain age. Instead of like a pension or whatever. Instead of like a slush fund. Yeah. That is constantly rated for <laughs> yeah. other things and that we will never see what we've paid into it. It's, it's fun. It's absurd. Wow. Can I just say that my telling you guys that cold water is better than room temperature water is what led to Social Security? Yes. <laughs> this After is, 40 minutes this or so. This money is fake. <laughs> I am despondent. And we have another episode to make about the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, Hell yeah, my stuff. friends. Well. All right. Is that it? Is that I where think, we cheers? That's it. I think we I cheers. I've never been here. in a room when we cheers. Yeah. It's amazing. Good I Lord. love it. Hell yeah. It's cheers. Let's do it. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on the Whiskey Bench. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text, or by sharing about it on social media. You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Remember, always drink responsibly. And cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty. Hello, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm Stephen. And I'm Dixie Lee. The internet didn't need another podcast interviewing the same famous authors, artists, and thought leaders. Dixie, my friend Bailey educated me about a word called sonder, and this is the realization that any stranger or passerby you see has a life equally complex, deep, and vibrant as your own. So join us every Tuesday as we talk to the normal people in our lives and hopefully inspire sonder in yours. No normal people. It's like humans of New York, but a podcast and in Montana. Highline Media Network, normal people in normal places.